Hello and welcome to Ad Creeps, the podcast where we dissect and correct the TV ads that raised us, phased us, and amazed us. My name is Al, and I'm here with my co-host and best buddy, Dee. Hi, I'm here. You're here. Um, we had a little oopsie. We did. Ha- well, you had an oopsie. Uh, in that I got COVID for the fourth time. You had a little immune system whoopsie. <laughs> it was a big one. Uh, and now I sound like this. Yeah. So. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Worth it? I'm fine, I guess. <laughs> now I'm down here. Now I'm down here. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're down here. No. Oh, see, you got it. You got it. You, you can't. You can big dog me. Oh, you're down here? Oh, hello. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're back. Thank you for waiting. Yes. I was, uh, my bones were on fire for like a couple days. And as you may or may not know, I am uh, on immunosuppressant drugs, so we really could not <laughs> yeah, sort of. Absolutely. I don't, I wouldn't give, I was going to say I wouldn't give my worst enemy what I had. But I probably would. I bet that I will tell you about someone today that you would give this to. That I would, like, just be in the same room with and just, like, sneeze sort on. Sort of cough on or, oh, you know. God, lick in the... F- no. Well, <laughs> maybe. Well, no. I don't. Not in a sexual way. Okay. In a in a, in a enemy-to-enemy, but not enemies-to-lovers sort of way. <laughs> 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 tell me, Al, who will I lick? Uh, uh. <laughs> It's Despicable May. I have to be a little despicable. It's Despicable May, and this is not just a Despicable May. No. This is a Despicable Gay. Despicable. (laughs) So it's me. (laughs) Yes, you did these things. I did these horrible crimes. You're going to recant that so quickly. (laughs) Oh, no, 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 no. It's not me. It's not me. It's not me. Despicable gay. Yeah. Actually, can I tell you about a despicable gay? Please. Yeah. Last night, I went to go see my favorite franchise and my family, the Fast and Furious franchise, number 10. Ah, La Familia. Yeah, La Familia. And um, (laughs) Justin Lin made a choice. Mm -hmm. And the choice was the the biggest villain in the franchise. Like, this is the end of the franchise, right? This is a spoiler? Are you doing a spoiler? Oh, I guess it is a spoiler. Well, no. I mean, it's he's the villain, right? Okay. Is that Jason Momoa guy? Yeah, Jason Momoa. He's very queer coded. Oh. Like, like, not like a. Oh, how do I say? A very. Um, he came out of his purple Chevy Impala. Hell yeah. Purse first. Okay. <laughs> And I was in love. <laughs> and I'm cheering for him, and I want him to destroy the family. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, he has to destroy la traditional familia. I, I think, uh, you know... This Sorry, is, la familia traditional. <laughs> <laughs> this is now a Fast and Furious podcast. Because I love, oh. the, I love the idea that the ultimate villain of, like, toxic car masculinity, Dom Toretto, like, nitrous, like fucking race wars is homosexuality. Yeah. Is faggotry. <laughs> I love that idea. I think it's genius. Well, you have your Dom Toretto and then you have your sub Torino. <laughs> you know? But, uh, and, and how the pattern happens is every villain in the Fast franchise becomes family. Yeah. So I cannot wait. I think villains should become part of La Familia. Yeah. 
the gay uncle. Yes. This is the gay <laughs> this uncle is my at evil the barbecue. Gay uncle. <laughs> he tried to kill us, but we jumped but a car we over him. a cliff, and now it's now we're no, friends. It's fine. Look, if you invite the Rock to your fucking <laughs> anyway, I'm just obsessed over that now. Good. So he's that's that's who I'm going to picture now. <laughs> Interesting choice. <laughs> Interesting choice. <laughs> okay, lay it on me. In October of 1988, Ivy Mirapol and her father Michael were in Washington D.C. to see a quilt. Oh, probably the big one. The big one. The big, the really big one. The big one. Yeah. Covering a space larger than a football field on the Capitol's National Mall, the AIDS Memorial Quilt was on display in the city for the second time to be visited by half a million people who would look at the lovingly handmade blocks and read the names aloud. Mm. By raw luck or some stroke of unfortunate kismet, Ivy and Michael were shocked at the very first name they saw. In Block 104, close to the top left of the quilt, sandwiched between Frederick Adams and Gary Scarberry, both of Houston, Texas, was the name of the man who had taken everything from Michael. <gasps> And 37 years earlier, irreparably broken their family. (gasps) A criminal. A criminal, yes. A criminal. In 1951, so this is the event. Yeah. David Greenglass of Manhattan stood as a witness for the prosecution. A former engineer at Los Alamos Laboratory in New Mexico, Mm -hmm. he had spent years passing information about the Manhattan Project to the Soviet Union under the codename Caliber. Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) 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 Is this the evil gay? Because I like him. A member of the United States prosecution team named Roy Cohn, just a 23-year-old kid at the time, had carefully developed David as a witness, convincing him that his wife Ruth, codenamed Osa, or Wasp, was in danger of being convicted for her involvement in typing up notes to be passed to the Soviets. Okay. So Roy is our Roy fellow. Okay, so is a is a lawyer. A tw- at this point, a 23-year-old a lawyer. A young lawyer. A very young a lawyer. A young, hot lawyer. Not... N- I, <laughs> An Ally McBeal type. Sure. <laughs> I, I, I guess I would call Roy Cohn an Ally McBeal type if pressed. <laughs> um, so he convinced the witness that... He said, David, wi- your wife typed up your notes. Yeah. And she's going to go down for this. She's going to go You're way both down. going way down yeah. for this unless you give up somebody else. Oh, don't snitch. Especially to Allie McBeal. <laughs> Don't give her what she wants. Which is a baby, I think? It was dancing. I don't know. <laughs> Two things I know about Allie McBeal. Dancing baby. Co-ed, co-ed, bathroom. co-ed bathrooms. <laughs> I was going to make a That's co-ed bathroom joke. <laughs> I was a Boston legal fan, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was a Boston public fan. Yeah. <laughs> Good choice. <laughs> Oh, boy. (laughs) So in order to protect his wife, David perjured himself on the stand, allowing the blame to be passed to his sister, Ethel, and her husband, Julius. Oh, shit. Codename Antenna, later (gasps) changed to liberal. I think I would rather Antenna. Yeah. Yeah. Wasp, though, out of all of them, Wasp wasp is is very fucking cool. Yeah, it is caliber also cool, but... What would be your secret Soviet Soviet codename? (laughs) Um, Clown. I don't know. <laughs> Sad man. <laughs> uh, mine would be like a like a blintz, like the one, uh, like a food. oh yeah. Oh, like mine soft, would probably small and very soft. Mine would be sloika. What's sloika? I'm a big fan of the apricot sloika, which is like a Danish <laughs> that has like half an apricot in it. I'll be say, and this isn't slander. You look like an apricot sloika. <laughs> 
say, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I just read you, and I yeah. don't know what a sloika is. You did read me. Apricot sloika is actually correct. I have been read, mother, yes. <laughs> the house down boots. <laughs> You've got me. I got you. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so his his sister Ethel yeah. and her husband uh, were executed by electric chair Jesus. in Sing Sing Correctional Facility, becoming the only American citizens executed for espionage during the Cold War. Can you imagine that next Thanksgiving? There wasn't one. <laughs> <laughs> it was just him. It was just Allie McBeal. Yeah, I think David Greenglass uh, got pretty well excommunicated from his family. Good, excellent. Yeah, absolutely. And there wasn't a lot of family left. No, well, he well, after what he did. Yeah. There ain't. It's a bad thing to do. It was the it was the only people? The ex- only people executed during the Cold War. Oh, during the... For espionage. Dang. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool, though. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? If you gotta go, take down another country. Is all I'm saying. Well, the interesting thing is that, like, because at this time, which was, like, very close after the end of World War II, yeah. the um, Soviet Union was ostensibly an ally of America. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So a lot of, like, especially, like, young Jewish people who were pro-communist didn't feel that what they were doing was traitorous. Yeah. Well, because a lot of, especially in Europe, a lot of the countries who were, who were occupied by Nazis the communist, like, rebellion were the ones who were leading the charge and fight against to kick the Nazis out of your fucking country. Yeah. Um, and say, same at at home, too. And, like, the fucking Spanish Civil War. Like, yeah. I know. Ugh. It's rough. It's rough. David Greenglass himself served nine years in prison, and mm. his wife Ruth received immunity for his testimony against Ethel, who did not have a code name. <laughs> That's how you know you're going down. If you don't have a code name, if no one gives you a code name, you're going down. You're the patsy. <laughs> oh, my God. In his autobiography, the lawyer, Roy Cohn, bragged that he convinced the trial judge, Irving Kaufman, to sentence Ethel to death, saying, the way I see it, she is worse than Julius. Even decades later, after a campaign for clemency revealed the errors of the trial, Cohn maintained that he and the United States government had done the right thing. Convinced of the culpability of the Rosenbergs, oh, he yeah. described it like this. We framed guilty people. I'm still caught on the Julius thing. Yes, yeah. like Caesar. Nope, <laughs> Rosenberg. Oh, <laughs> oh, the second famous Julius. <laughs> no, sorry, third because uh, orange. Orange, yeah, is would important. be the first one. In yeah, for me, orange Julius, Julius Caesar, Caesar Julius Rosenberg. Rosenberg. Yeah, yeah. Who was guilty and then not guilty and then guilty? Where has where has history sent? So basically, like Julius Rosenberg was. Guilty of espionage. Yeah. Um, David Greenglass was guilty of espionage. Ruth was guilty of, you know, typing up their notes and, and helping yeah. them. Yeah. Um, Ethel, people think very much was not involved, but was, you know, Julius's wife. Yeah. So basically where we fell is that, like, at the time that this trial was going on, the United States government was trying to make it seem like they had passed the secret of the atomic bomb to the Russians. Yeah. And, and what we know now after a lot of, like, decoded, you know, spy information and stuff mm-hmm. is that the information they passed them wasn't that important. Wasn't that important. Um, and that just seems like, you know. Yeah. So it's like, yes, they, you know, they okay. did do espionage, but. Polite espionage. Does that mean that they deserve to die? No, absolutely not. Now, for, am I wrong in thinking that for a long time in history, people are like, oh, they were innocent and they were wrongly executed? Like they weren't actually spies? Yeah. I mean, there was, there were campaigns for clemency okay. and uh, especially for Ethel. 
there was a huge amount of the population that felt this was a massive miscarriage of justice. Okay. In my, I remember in my AP US history book in like what, 2003 or whatever, they were saying that they were innocent. They were actually innocent. They weren't spies at all. Mm-hmm. And I know that, re- not recently, but in the last like 15 years, they're like, oh, but actually. Yeah. So there was a, a project called the Venona Project that decoded a lot of like okay. spy information oh. passed between the two countries. So that they figured out what exactly they got sent. That's where they learned what their code names were ah. and, and sort of found out this information about what was sent, which was like a lens. Yeah. Um, and not something that, it, they did, it wasn't the secrets of the atom bomb, which is what they were saying during the trial. It was just like the formula to Coca-Cola. Yeah, it was not, it was it was something that the Russians either had already figured out or would already figure oh, out pretty man, quickly. Oh man, that stinks. Yeah. I couldn't imagine <laughs> stinks, committing yeah. espionage, like, in a very mediocre manner and then go down for it. Yeah, especially because your brother yeah. <laughs> said, actually, yeah. I like my wife better than you. Oh, well... So the Rosenberg trial was a massive victory for Roy Cohn, who viewed the law as a winning and losing game, and he more than anything did not ever want to lose. Born in the Bronx... I hate... (laughs) You hate? I hate that. Yeah. It's not a great attitude. It's not a great attitude. It's not good. Mm Mm-mm. I have it. (laughs) That attitude? You have it. I have it, but I hate it in myself. You are a jock at heart. He's the type of guy you could take to the board game night and he'll cheat just because he wants to win. And he'll ruin it for And he'll everyone. ruin it for everyone else. And he'll else. throw a fit. Yeah. Yeah. When you catch him. Mm-hmm. And then he'll, you can never have a board game again. That was the last one. That was the last one. Sorry, we're never going to play Game <laughs> of Thrones the game again with you. <laughs> <laughs> so he was born in the Bronx in 1927 uh, as a member of an affluent Jewish family with a, a number of successful businesses, including uh, Lionel Trains. Like little ones, yeah, like, little toy trains. Little toy train. Can you imagine being a little toy train baron? Sick. <laughs> love it. I would love to be that nepo baby. That would be amazing. Could you be? Oh, be so cool. Also invented by someone in his family, the Q-tip. No. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That must be lucrative. Yeah, it was. But you they were what? affluent. They were affluent, and, and they're the ones who say, "Don't put it in your ear." But you gotta. <laughs> They're not the ones who say that. Oh, I guess doctors say The government said that. They were like, put it wherever. The inventors of Q-tip were like, you can stick these motherfuckers. (laughs) That's why we made them. Do you want to know what the original name for Q-tips was? Oh, yes. More than anything. Leo Gersten Zang, relative of Cone and the creator of the Q-tip, originally named them Baby Gays. (laughs) No. Yeah. Spelled like what? Like Baby Gays. Like... (laughs) B-A-B-Y-G-A-Ys. Wow. I want a t-shirt. <laughs> baby gays. Baby gays. And then, they, and then for a while they were baby gays Q-tips, and then they were just Q-tips. What? And the Q stands for quality. I was going to say what's the I knew you were going to ask. <laughs> they are quality no, tips. It's actually queer. Oh. Baby gays and queer tips. <laughs> uh, so as a child, Roy often visited his uncle Marcus Bernard in Sing Sing. Oh. Where he was... Wait. Gotta sing, sing. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Sorry. What is that? That's from the producers. Oh. Prisoners of love, blue skies above, can't keep our hearts in jail. Sorry, I thought you were a jock? Oh. What, what are you, Troy Bolton? <laughs> <laughs> you sure got me. Uh, <laughs> I, I gotta... I'm sorry, listeners. I do have to confess... 
I was a high school musical fanatic. Everybody knows really... that you can't sing and dance and play basketball, so <laughs> you're going to need to choose. It's me, Troy Bolton's dad. <laughs> dad, please, no. <laughs> Two worlds, one family. That, that's that's the, Tarzan, the it. animated Fuck. Close movie. Also about singing. Yeah, you're thinking about Bop to the Top. <laughs> I you am thinking, thinking about, about stick to the, the status quo. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's exactly what I'm thinking. Of. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! God, uh, wow. I think in another world, I would have been named Troy. Yeah, and I think it would have suited me. Do you think you would have found your Gabriella? Oh, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so Roy's uncle, Marcus Bernard, who was in Sing Sing, he was yeah. serving a three to six year sentence for misapplication of funds. As president of Brooklyn's Bank of the United States, founded by his father, Bernard drained the bank's holdings by speculating on its own stock and making questionable investments in real estate. (laughs) And Roy would go there and be like, can't believe my uncle's in fucking jail. They did him so dirty. Uh, (laughs) So he didn't connect the dots. No. No. Uh, The largest retail bank in New York, this is the Bank of the Uh, United States. In what city? New York City. Thank you. Oh, okay. Yeah, thank you, Matt. <laughs> cool. Uh, formerly possessing $300 million in assets, it went broke with Marcus at the helm in 1933 as Roosevelt's New Deal tried to pull the country out of the Great Depression. Oh, so the Great Depression wasn't really helping. No. Oh, okay. Well, or they weren't helping the, the Great, Great Depression. Depression. Wait, yeah. Well, that's... <laughs> that's say exactly causing... <laughs> So the visits to his uncle deeply instilled in Roy a determination to challenge the establishment and to never become a victim. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. It's very Ally McBeal of you, but go on. <laughs> I'm not gonna, here, I'm gonna say this right now. I'm not gonna remember our main character's name. It's just gonna, it's all I am picturing is Ally. Miss McBeal. It's a choice. <laughs> <laughs> It's a real Justin Lin choice my, you're making. My, 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 I, it is a Justin Lin choice, and she is driving um, an, a purple Impala, and I really love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's one thing to challenge the establishment, and mm. another altogether to create it, and then mm. shift that victimhood onto others. Oh, no. After his role in the Rosenberg trial brought him to national attention, the young Roy Cohn was recommended by J. Edgar Hoover <laughs> as chief counsel for Joseph McCarthy. <laughs> You, first of all, never get recommended by J. Edgar Hoover. If you never want your name, his, his your Keep name, your on name his out of his lips. That's what I want. That's what I want. <laughs> never, ever. You do not need to be the type of man that Hoover would recommend. To I don't need J. Eddie Hoof saying my name ever. ever. <laughs> and you know what? Won't happen. He's dead. <laughs> Rest in piss. <laughs> for McCarthy. Yeah. And uh, the person that he beat out for the position was Robert F. Kennedy. First of all, I like, I actually like that alternate timeline. Uh, Where Robert F. Kennedy is. I do like that. Wow. Wow. Well, maybe he wouldn't have been assassinated. Robbie? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Because then he wouldn't have gone. Anyway. Wow. I just, (laughs) Dan Quayle potatoed the timeline. He spun right (laughs) off. (laughs) Wow. Oh, incredible. Incredible. So, Together, McCarthy and Cohn conducted hearings designed to root out the two main threats to national security that were hiding among federal employees, communists and perverts. Oh, God. 
But never the two shall meet. <laughs> well, communist perverts. <laughs> no commun. No, you can't have. You cannot perverts. have communist perverts. So the idea behind McCarthy targeting homosexuals mm-hmm. was that gay people were considered a threat to national security because they inherently had something to hide, and therefore were ripe targets <laughs> for blackmail. Ah, uh, so the lavender, the lavender, lavender scare, scare. Okay. Uh, and the red scare. It's all yeah. happening at once. I saw the greatest lavender scare buttons, mm-hmm. and it said lavender menace, and their um, their mascots were like purple moles. Oh, and I thought that was so smart and funny. I too. I, like I love that. it a lot. I identify with moles. Right they're in the dirt. They're they got secrets. They're making their way. They're perverts. They got little noses. <laughs> You'll love to see him. Oh, yeah, their noses are shaped like stars. Star nose moles. Star nose moles. What have they got to hide? Their noses. Yeah. In the dirt. <laughs> oh, boy. I don't, like, I don't like their beady little eyes. I do. <laughs> and I like how they talk in red wall books. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so despite there being absolutely nothing wrong with being homosexual, uh, their answer was, of course, to attack these people rather than to try and destigmatize the thing that they felt made them targets. Of course. Of course. <laughs> McCarthy also sent Roy Cohn around the world, accompanied by hotel chain heir and buff blonde straight boy G. David Shine. Oh, so they were fucking. Mm-hmm. The, m- history will not tell. But I will. <laughs> they are definitely fucking. So he sent them on a mission around the world to remove any books with communist content from United States Information Agency libraries. Oh. So these were like propaganda centers yeah. around the world. Okay. Hmm. And Roy? Well, he liked him a buff blonde straight boy. Right? Who doesn't? Who doesn't? <laughs> They're like candy to us. <laughs> <laughs> but there was trouble in paradise. Okay. Because in 1953, Shine was drafted into the U.S. Army. Mm. But Roy knew how to influence people and exert what power he had. <gasps> he saved his straight boyfriend from Korea. And he wasn't going to leave his bestie hanging. So he began a campaign of phone calls to all levels of the army, trying to get Shine a commission <gasps> and keep him stateside, threatening to wreck the army if he didn't get what he wanted. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, I kind of like this story a lot. <laughs> Okay. okay. Destroy. No, I like it. Okay. Destroy the fucking army to save my straight, blonde, beautiful boyfriend. While I target homosexuals. Yes. In <laughs> shush, 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 shush. We don't need to. That's not we part do. of the story. It is. It's, it's very much a part of it. I'm so sorry. You can't dangle. I hate to know but you. <laughs> you can't but. dangle this anti-Korea war tidbit in my face. His efforts were not successful. In fact, oh. the opposite. <laughs> they sent him right to North Korea. <laughs> The results of trying to bully the United States Army into getting his girly a chill position <laughs> was something called the Army McCarthy hearings. Oh, he had he got McCarthy'd. No, he oh. and McCarthy he am. had to face the army. Oh. <laughs> this involved McCarthy's own Senate Permanent Subcommittee on Investigations, uh, but instead of McCarthy heading it, he was the focus of it <laughs> along with Shine and Cone. I kind of like this part too. <laughs> And uh, Senator Carl Munt was chairing it, putting the screws to McCarthy and Cohn in order to ask, okay, but like, why are you obsessed with him? (laughs) He's getting red on the stand. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. How embarrassing. Deeply. So embarrassing. Everybody knows. At one point, lawyer Joseph Welch was questioning a staff member about a photo of Shine with two army officers and asked, did you think this came from a pixie? 
The double entendre was a reference to pixie cameras, popular at the time, but when McCarthy asked for clarification on what a pixie was, Welch replied, a close relative of the fairy. Oh. They are roasting your boy. They're roasting the your Senate boy. Subcommittee. Uh, mm. The hearings were televised and watched by roughly 20 million people, mm. all of them finally seeing Joseph McCarthy and his methods up close. And those people didn't like what they saw. Yeah. So while the result of the hearings was that McCarthy was absolved and, <laughs> and all of the blame was assigned to Cohn, uh, uh, it was sort of the first major nail in the coffin of McCarthy's political okay. career. Mm-hmm. The fall guy. Well, well, he was not the, even also really. The guy. It's just like they were like this guy. He didn't do it, but he does suck. He does. Oh, we were watching. He it. really does suck. He does suck. This does suck. I don't like this. <laughs> boy, oh boy. And as for Roy Cohn, he yeah. returned to New York City to become one of its original power brokers. Uh. As the counsel for heavy hitters like Studio 54, <gasps> Rupert Murdoch, Aristotle Onassis, oh. George Steinbrenner, oh. mafia bosses Paul Castellano and Fat Tony Salerno. Oh, we love a Tony. And the Archdiocese of New York. Okay. <laughs> They're here too. Roy was deep in the business of exchanging favors with the city's powerful elite. Okay. But his favorite of them all was his apprentice, a young man named Donald whose family business was being sued by the Justice Department for racial discrimination and renting practices. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah? Uh-oh. Wait, you like this guy? No. N- this guy? No. Because <laughs> I know I know which which one you, you were talking you like about. <laughs> uh, the old, only Donald I like is Duck. Yeah. Um, or Ronald. <laughs> Mick. Comma. What? Donald. Oh, <laughs> oh Donald. <laughs> Mick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah gotcha, yeah, gotcha, yeah, gotcha, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, Woof. <laughs> oh no yeah okay. yeah uh roy okay. Cohn was the one who suggested that the trump family counter sue for libel <laughs> passing on to donald trump his most important tenet never admit that you're wrong Oh, no. It was also Roy who used his mafia connections to ensure that during the 1982 New York cement workers' strike, the Trump Tower, constructed entirely of ready-mixed concrete, was still completed. Mm. So this is... Batman. His special little boy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) There is so much to say about Roy Cohn that um, at this already... (laughs) inflated episode would be hours longer uh he insisted he was engaged to close friend barbara walters <laughs> is that, barbara walters was his beard yeah oh that's a, <laughs> that's a big swing it's rough. friend <laughs> wow uh he legally had no assets and only used cash he laundered money through his longtime partner peter fraser and wanted to die owing the irs millions of dollars i mean we could all we could all do that. I would love that. <laughs> he had no assets. He, he had, had no nothing. assets. No, nothing liquid. His law firm owned everything. Okay. That was his. That was his. I mean, that's the way to live in the world. <laughs> Not owning anything. <laughs> she was just doing lots of, like, sort of white-collar crime. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> he also helped Ronald Reagan get elected. Uh. And then traded on that favor to get Marianne Trump her federal judgeship. And he was making moves to get Donald into politics as early as Reagan's first year in office. No. Yep. Wow. This is a little trash man we got here. Yeah. It's, it's you know what? The, 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 the ladder climber mm-hmm. is an Extremely. architect that I despise. 
out of any any people I interact with in the world. And that is it's, absolutely what he was. And and you get that when you meet one, you get that kind of icky feeling of like you're judging me for my worth of how I can improve your worth and I hate it. And mm. it takes a while for you to kind of click of like, oh, this person is rotten. It's rotten. It's not, not a real connection. Core. Yeah, yeah. The rung I'm a rung on the ladder. Yeah. Oh. You're gonna be stepping on me as soon as yeah, you can. Yeah, as soon as you can and bye. Oh God. Ugh. Ugh. And also, in the 1980s, even as he was summering in Provincetown, Massachusetts, where over the next decade, more than 10% of the town's population would pass from AIDS, mm. a decimation that had already begun, he was still campaigning against gay rights. Uh, you hate these gays. You hate them. You hate these gays of, like, well, I'm, I'm a good one. I'll yeah. lick your bootmaster. Like, don't worry. I'm, I, I'm presentable to your mom in public, but these other gays... <laughs> having but sex with men. But he also wasn't that kind of gay because he insisted that he wasn't gay. Oh, was he not out-out? Was he... It was uh, one of those, like, everybody knows, largely. Oh, he largely. was a Barbara Walter. Yeah. Yeah, okay, Barbara Walter is my wife. He, he was, you know, if you went to a party at his house, oh. there would be several, like, very attractive young men that he was obviously yeah. fucking. okay. But he's not gay. But he's not gay. Like, Frasier. He's not gay. He just has sex with men. Oh, ugh. In 1984, when Roy Cohn was diagnosed with AIDS, using his ability to manipulate narrative through the media, he told the world that he had liver cancer, a lie he continued to maintain until his death, even in the face of point-blank questions on live television interviews. When his condition improved, he told everyone that he had seen a doctor specializing in cancer and he was in remission. In actuality, he had fought his way into the clinical trials for (gasps) AZT, the antiretroviral medication, which would become the first drug found effective against HIV. Oh my god, what a fucking dirtbag. A telegram to Roy on November 22nd, 1985 reads, Roy, I just learned that you are being sent home from the hospital tomorrow. Nancy and I are keeping (gasps) you in our thoughts and prayers. May the Lord bless you with courage and strength. Take care and know that you have our concern. Ronald D. Reagan. What's the D stand for? Dumbass. I was just going to say dumbass. (laughs) God. Did he have that, like, hanging in his bathroom? Like, that that letter? Probably. (laughs) Oh, gross. He was, like, very close to the Reagans. How could you? He died on August 2nd, 1986, at 59 years old. His tombstone describes him as a lawyer and a patriot. That's embarrassing. If you're a tombstone, if your tombstone mentions that you are a patriot, embarrassing. That's all you have. That's all you've done. Patriotic nationalism. That's all you've done in your life. Embarrassing. Even like dog, dog. Uh, uh, I really like dog um, tombstones. Yeah, because it's like you know, best friend forever. Yeah, BFF or like was a good boy. Totally. Like, I like that. That's what I want to... That's what I want on my tombstone. Yeah. Put a fresh tennis ball right on my... <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. His panel on the AIDS memorial quilt describes him with three <gasps> words. Who made it? Okay, hold on. Who made that block? Oh, we'll get to it. Oh, okay. The three words it describes him with. Bully, coward, victim. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you put on your tombstone. (laughs) (laughs) Bully, coward, victim. Same. It was this description that piqued the interest of playwright Tony Kushner, who would include Roy Cohn as a character in his acclaimed work, Angels in America. I was going to say Rent. No. Not in Rent. Not in Rent. (laughs) But could you imagine? (laughs) 
In the play, Cohen's dying moments are punctuated by the ghost of Ethel Rosenberg breaking the news that he has been disbarred. Damn. As the real Roy was just months before his death. Damn. Bully Coward Victim is also the name of a documentary made by Ivy Mirapol, which contrasts Roy Cohn's life and legacy with the efforts made by her father, Michael, and his brother, Robert, to gain clemency for their parents, Julius and Ethel Rosenberg. Oh, okay. They actually, after their parents were killed, they were adopted by a man named Abel Mirapol, who originally wrote the protest poem, Strange Fruit. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Small world. The documentary contains some excellent interviews, like one with Nathan Lane, who played Cohn in the 2018 staging of Angels in America, and oh. Tony Kushner himself, as well as gay activist Ethan Ghetto, who is a, a founder of PFLAG and countered Anita Bryant's campaign of homophobia in the 70s. Yeah. And also my favorite interview is with John Waters, <gasps> uh, who sheds perspective on Cohn's place in the P-Town social scene. Quote, trash. <laughs> he says, <laughs> I would not share a straw to snort cocaine with him. <laughs> Sorry, I can't spare a straw. <laughs> oh, goodness. In researching this episode, I actually learned that there are two squares for Roy Cohn on the AIDS Memorial Quilt. What? The other one in Block 251 is much simpler. His name in white block letters on a red background, and in the upper left-hand corner, a yellow hammer, sickle, and star, oh, the flag of the Soviet shit. Union. <laughs> So who created these? So two I forgot blocks? to add it in, but the guy who created the Victim AIDS one. Memorial Quilt, yeah, he they would have these sewing sessions yeah, where yeah, people yeah, could yeah. come and sew blocks. Yeah, and I found an article that talks about he there was someone volunteer came to him and they were like, "There's someone who's making a quilt block, but they're acting strangely." Okay, um, and so he went over to talk to them, and they were making this. They didn't want to show him the block at first. Okay, and then they did show it. And he's like, "Well, did you know Roy Cohn?" And they're uh, like, "I knew him too well." Oh shit! There's some tea, but they're they were they they're remain anon- okay. anonymous. <gasps> oh, it was that blonde Korean War. <laughs> it vet. Truly was not <laughs> that guy. He's gone. Got gonzo. married, had a bunch of kids. Gonzo, gonzo. He's in a different world. Oh wow! Oh, yep. Yeah. Two blocks. So he pissed off. I mean, he probably he, he pissed, pissed off, off a lot of. of it. I mean, he also like continued to knowingly infect people. Oh. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Like, including Shit. young men. Oh, my God. But And when I say young, I do mean underage. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, the, the power of, like, though, the power of quilting your fucking, this fucking abusive man, like, putting your anger and, like, into a quilt block yeah. must be very freeing. Wow. I think we should switch his tombstone. I think we should make it a uh, gender-neutral washroom and cruising ground. <laughs> oh, that's what. It's oh. <laughs> what Ronald Reagan would have wanted. Exactly. <laughs> and what Ron wants, Roy wants. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, what do we say about the legacy of Roy Cohn? Yeah. It's bad enough to lick the boot, but this man was a cobbler. Al. Yeah. Um, this podcast is about advertising. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> No. What the fuck? We're we're still having... Mm. Okay. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) His desires and his values are indelibly linked into the American cultural struggle around queerness that carries on today. His playbook was the same one that conservatives have adopted en masse. Change the conversation. Go on the offensive. Never admit you're wrong. Never become a victim. It's a brand that his protege has managed to trade on all the way to the presidency. But before that, he was just some kid from Queens, known to most New York high rollers as Roy Cohn's apprentice. 
Oh, are we going to have to watch a commercial with him in it? Ah, <laughs> Trash. I mean, it's fitting. <laughs> oh. What, what advertising we were looking at? We're going to watch a commercial for NBC's The Apprentice. Oh. <laughs> we'll return after these messages. On January 8th, NBC presents the ultimate job working for the toughest boss. That would be me. Donald Trump. Introducing The Apprentice. 16 people competing to be hired as president of a Donald Trump company. Oh, yeah. This is definitely big. And only one person decides who stays and who goes. You're fired. The critics are calling it a riot. Totally original. The Apprentice premieres January 8th on NBC. Welcome back to the show. Too bad it wasn't January 6th on NBC. That would have been really funny. Wow. Got him. <laughs> Al, never before has a whole like group of people who were really into reality TV and watched a lot of reality TV went like, Ugh. oh, we did watch that. Did you watch that in your, fa- in your no. family? No, you didn't. We did. We did. My parents were... Big Survivor fans. Oh yeah, that was yeah, more yeah. their thing. So this would be would have been two thousand and like three, four. Yeah, kind of around there. I don't okay. think my parents would have watched anything with uh, with Donnie in it. He just was like he was. I mean, back then to like people who were outside the scope and not in the know, uh, it was just like a clown character. Yeah, he was from Home Alone two, Lost in New York. Well, especially if you were our age. Yeah, I mean, if yeah. If you were older then you may be more familiar with like a lot of his like dealings with the mob or like mm. the racial discrimination case mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff that happened in the 70s but to us he was it was trump's state this is, guy. A, this is a clown man a clown man oh god a clown man gives clowns a bad name yeah he does give clowns a bad name i remember the so the prize that they said was you win to be president. You get to be the president of a Trump company. Which really... Is it, nothing. It was no, it, Number one is nothing, but really it just seems like a scapegoat. You yeah, know what absolutely. I mean? You, like, this is going down. One of whatever we're planning is going down, whether it be Trump University, Trump Steaks, Trump Water, whatever. Yeah. It's a bad idea. It's going to go in the, down in the next three years. We're, let's put someone in charge of it who knows very little. It's a patsy competition. It is a patsy competition. Oh! <gasps> Is this like um, like a Ponzi scheme? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ponzi scheme, the reality show. Oh, oh my God! Oh, and these people, yeah, they were they were all ladder climbers. Oh yeah, absolutely. They were all bad. It's bad the type people. of people that you get. It's the type of people you get. Oh. <sighs> good news, you don't have to do this alone. What? Because you have friends to help you. Oh, I do it. <laughs> It's 2023. It's 2023. And, you know, it is May. And that means it's Despicable May. It is Despicable May. And this is the only month in which we may... Call it, upon. It, call upon. <laughs> <laughs> like, like the survivor. <laughs> Bring in the minions. Bring them in. Because the minions work for the worst people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Pretty bad. I But I can't divorce cone from this neither could barbara walters because they didn't get married this is the yellow scare (laughs) (laughs) yellow as a minion (laughs) 
here's what I think is happening. I think now that we're aware of minions being working for the worst people, um, people can't use the minions in an outwardly fashion because then they acknowledge that they are the worst people. Yeah. Right? Correct? They got to be behind the scenes. So, so they bring back the ghost of Roy Cohn. Yeah. Uh, um, and his job is to find out who has minions. But really... <laughs> It's him. It's him. He's got it's the minions. really, he has the minions. Um, and he really loves them uh, and uses them to his advantage. And then I think we're going to turn it into a TV show. Of course. <laughs> of course. The Minion Scare. The Minion Scare is on live television. <laughs> where it's like, you go, you know, you're in, like, you're, you're interviewing members of government who are all very corrupt and like and they've bad. all got minions and they've all got minions but where are they but where are they so then it turns into like a floor is lava like peekaboo situation where you have to go into the bad person's office and find the minions <laughs> where are they hiding they're always in the closet that's the funniest one yeah but like they could be you know you open a drawer like one of those long drawers and there's just a minion stuck in do you just stand very still and wait to see if you hear a banana <laughs> Yeah, that would be a tactic that they would employ. I like this it's idea. It's a pro strat. I think this would be a good Netflix show. Yeah. So you are Roy. The ghost of Roy Cohn is is going through finding minions, and then at the same time he's trying to hide his own. Yeah, because then you he doesn't want anybody to know that he has minions. He has minions or homosexuality. <laughs> Everyone knows. Uh, and that would be pretty comical because like people could make reference to that, and he'd be like, "What? How dare you? How dare you?" And meanwhile, like, minions are, you know, sucking his dick. His yeah. ghost dick, I think. Who can say? Who can say? Um, I think that'd be a fun reality TV show. I agree. I'm on board. <laughs> I'd like to sign up to produce it. And You'd be a great writer. I just can't wait to come in there with my shotgun full of salt. <laughs> yeah, we got it. They, they do. The minions, I, I didn't mention this, the minions do act like ghosts in the supernatural world. <laughs> I think, no, I think this is actually, this whole TV show is an elaborate scheme yeah. to kill the ghost of Roy <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we gotta make ghost bullets. <laughs> oh, let's assassinate, you can't assassinate someone who's already dead. That's true. I don't know what the commercial would be. I just think the commercial would be, actually it'd be really cute if it was just The Apprentice, mm-hmm. but like in the background you saw a little, that same commercial. Yeah, they're just everywhere. They're just every. they're just like scurrying around like vermin. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. Uh, <sighs> minions are working in like AI server farms. <laughs> minions are in the, the server farms for oh. ChatGPT, just misting the server towers <laughs> to cool them down. <laughs> no, they're the ones who are actually chatting. It's not AI. <gasps> he broke it wide open. Oh my god, it's not artificial intelligence, it's just minions. <laughs> That's why it's so bad. That makes sense. That's why they don't know what hands look That's like. <laughs> they don't know how many teeth humans have. <laughs> oh, my God. And, like, all those writers who are bragging about using AI, <laughs> it's just minions, baby. Just minions. That's why every, like, 700th word is banana. That's true. <laughs> if you look very close. If you really pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um... I have a treat for you. You have a treat for me. Yeah, this is uh this is a local ad. Okay. That has one of our I think favorite things in the world. Cool. Bad CGI. Love it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Are you ready? I'm so excited. Okay. 
might be okay. This line only eats good food. <laughs> <laughs> Mayflower Buffet. Yes, it really is that good. At the corner of 3rd and Steaks, it's great. This is Mayflower Buffet in Anchorage, I think it said, Alaska. Uh, This is from 2007. (laughs) Can you describe what happened? There is a a nearly nude man with bonkers hair. Um, And he's going into uh, uh, the Colosseum in Italy uh, to fight a lion. And the guards say, don't worry, the lion only eats good food. (laughs) You suck. And then he steps out and the lion comes towards him and then it jumps (laughs) and flies up into the stands. It goes into space. And then it appears outside the Mayflower (laughs) restaurant in Alaska and walks in... (laughs) It, it's animated on top of this image of the restaurant, oh, and it goes God. in the door, and the walk animation is bonkers. <laughs> so it's straight up bonkers. And then it walks up to the buffet, and it's like, fucking, this is what I came for. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's Chinese-Japanese. Chinese-Japanese uh, uh, buffets yeah. in America are fantastic. Sorry, but did it at the end say they're great? I think we need to roll that again. <laughs> Hold on, hold on, hold on. We, we, this is unprecedented. We have never... We've never rolled on, back the tapes on. like this. It's great. <gasps> Confirmed? It's great. Confirmed. You're getting sued. You're getting sued by Kellogg's. <laughs> Oops. You gotta be sued. You, you fell into their trap. <laughs> you can't say it's parody law. No. Could you? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I'm laughing a lot. This is a chicken and an egg situation. Yeah. Because did they have the idea for a big cat to say it's great at first and then build the story or then or just like had the joke and built the story? And this is what I don't understand, because it's like it's so (laughs) much like the cost to create that Coliseum. Absolutely. And the additional like human models and stuff for a part of the story that was ultimately unnecessary (laughs) to the message. And, like, you could have done something using just, like, background film or something. Yeah. You didn't have to animate it. You didn't have to animate it, and they, but they but you, did. But they wanted to. That walk cycle, I'm still thinking about His it. His hair was really just awful. Just the, the way the spine bent. <laughs> yeah. Do you think, with the It's Great, that they first had it be a tiger, and they're like, no, no, no. No, no, Cal- no. Kellogg's are going to be up our balls. But did tigers fight in the Coliseum? Oh, they they had everything back then. <laughs> they had everything. They had I mean, they had they Pink had. and Beyonce and Britney, so. <laughs> and the Jedi, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, they did have Pink and Beyonce. We'll get to that one, I'm sure. Oh, oh baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, darling. Uh, if you have a local ad that features just the most buck wild CGI you ever did see, you need to send it to us Please. at creeps at com. We love that. Yeah. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at ad creeps. Yeah. And uh, we have a coffee at Kofi, Ko, K-O. Kofi. 
hyphen fi yeah uh dot com slash ad creeps yeah where if you enjoyed this episode uh and you feel bad about how much research i had to do about a bad bad man um al had to watch a documentary true. i watched ivy Mirapol's documentary it was really good a movie it was good it was with mo- your own it was full eyes. movie length as well wow and i looked up a lot of like uh government documents about ah. <laughs> about a lot of things about a lot of, al has dirt on everyone now i had to look at a scan of a telegram that ronald reagan wrote with his own hands oh. <coughs> awful awful cursed well yeah give us some money for that <laughs> <laughs> yes um, thank you we love you yeah we love you love you uh if you enjoyed um i'm despicableness which people have people that's have, good that's good people have said they enjoyed despicableness. Well, that's good. You know, yeah. I think yeah. we're going to continue to take a, a sort of a smoke em if you got em approach to Despicable yeah. May. Yeah, When yeah. May rolls around, it might what, might not be the whole month. I I think I got one for next month or next week. I don't know if it's going to be May. Wait, wait. Um, Al, I'd like to say it's going to be May. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> okay, until next time, we are yeah, signing, signing off. off. But first, who worked for my spouse? Can, can I tell you a joke? It's yeah. unrelated to okay, everything yeah, you're talking yeah, go about. Go ahead, go ahead. But I came up with it last time. Oh, no. Do you, do you think when the yellow kid grows up, they're going to post Hearst traps? <laughs> <laughs> you got to cut that.